Hey, warriors, welcome to the Untamed Life podcast, where we are breaking free from those chains of the past and rising to lead extraordinary lives. I believe it's time for us to ditch the rules of this world that are keeping us enslaved in the grind, playing from behind, and instead opt into a conscious and strategic upgrade, one that is founded in spiritual principles that can only be accessed through the power of the heart. So if you are craving deeper, more meaningful relationships, vibrant bodies full of life force, true prosperity in all arenas, and a life of adventure, this podcast is for you. My name is Christine Jewell. I'm a high-performance coach and spiritual mentor, and together we will awaken the king or queen you are destined to be so that you can experience the fullness of life that's waiting for you. Let's dive in. All right, welcome back to another episode. Today we are talking about overwhelm, overwhelming loads, overwhelming burdens, overwhelming responsibilities. Like what do you do when you feel like you are literally drowning (laughs) with all of the things that are on your plate, on your schedule, all of the people you're responsible to and for, the load that you are called to lead and direct and all of the people waiting on you to make a decision or waiting on you to tell them what to do or waiting on you to fill in the blank, right? I had three conversations last week, three coaching calls back to back, one discovery call, and the topic was the same on all three calls. The questions were very similar. And so I think this is a subject that we really get to dive into more and more. We get to unpack, we get to honor the fact of where we are and stop um, thinking there's something wrong with us or we're doing it all wrong. And just really for a minute, pause to own our humanity in this, right? So today I'm speaking to, as always, I'm speaking to those of you who are leaders, you're leading teams, you're leading organizations, you're leaders and probably inside of community and your families, you always tend to find yourself in a leadership role. You have many, many people looking up to you for something, right? And my guess, my knowing is that, you know, you've been at this for decades. This is like your identity. You are the person. You are the one, the source that everybody is relying on. Maybe even financially, the breadwinner, the, you know, the one who makes things happen. And obviously with that, with leaderships comes a great weight, a great burden of responsibility. And so some of the questions I had coming at me last week and you know what happens a lot is when we create a safe space and a container through coaching um through discovery is you know all of that wall all of that thickness all of that holding it together on those masks and that armor that we put on to put on like our strong face and our strength you know kind of crumble and I get to have some really raw real conversations about what's happening behind the scenes and I get to you know hold these these beautiful people in a moment that feels like you know this this vulnerability or this weakness that they they don't want to show to the world you know like they can't show to the world so some of the questions coming up were like how on earth can I keep this up how can I keep this pace up right what fire is going to come up today that I'm going to have to burn out? Like I'm, I'm trying to move the organization forward. I'm trying to move my team forward. I'm trying to move my marriage forward. And every day there's like another fire. There's just another thing broadsiding me, broadsiding my kids, broadsiding our business. How do we, like, how can I maintain this pace, the stamina, you know, and a lot of, a lot of the people I work with, 
And certainly I know this feeling is this fear, we've talked about it a lot, this fear of running out of time, this race against the clock, and really also against your energy and your capacity, like how am I going to fit it all in? So this, this begins to stock, right? There's so much here, but every time that we have overwhelm, you know, I've said this a lot, it's just like a huge stacking of all these emotions, this like anxiousness that's always running in the background, right? Thinking about everything that's piling up that's been unfinished, undone, unexecuted on, not executed on, you know, all of the ways that you're failing everybody. And and I'm not going to go on and on with that, but you know what I'm talking about. So there's like this cesspool of emotions that you never really have time, energy, um, or just to deal with, to address, right? Because you have to keep pushing forward. Like, everybody's relying on you. And so it's like, I don't get a break. I don't get any time to really process these things. And here's another behavior that I see a lot is when you do have time and space, probably running to something more intense again to try to move this stuff, right? Like you're doing running or some sort of intense cardio or intense workouts trying to move this energy, which works for a while, but ultimately it burns out your nervous system, your adrenal systems, your body, because really your body is desperately craving rest and recovery, but you're terrified to give it, right? We're terrified to pause because if we do, everything's going to start crumbling down and, you know, all hell's going to go, everything goes to hell in a handbasket. So let's pull back, right? So I wanted to paint that picture because that is a very clear picture. Those words, I hear them all the time consistently. And by the way, I also want to say this, that I get it. Like we go in and out of these states. Overwhelm is a state. Anxiousness is a state, you know, um, sort of being angry or frustrated or grieving about the fact that we can't seem to get past this. Like these are all just states or it's an energy, it's emotions and we come in and out of them. Right. So really, I believe the the journey, the invitation, the goal here is how do I begin to shift my state so that I hold a new normal in my life? For many of us, the currents, right, the atmosphere that's familiar to us is overwhelm. Like that's our emotional home. Like we're actually comfortable there in a way. We're not comfortable. We hate it. And at the same time, it's like where we keep coming home to. So I want you to really tune in. And if I ask you right now, like where has your emotional home been the last three months, the last six months, the last year, maybe even the last decade, if you're honest with yourself, what is the familiar feeling or the familiar state that you wake up in, you go to bed in, you find yourself in when you're driving the kids to all of their activities, you're heading out on a date night, you're leading people around the, the table or Zoom calls or whatever, like what is the emotional home of your nervous system and your, your thoughts? What, are the, what is the home base for your mental body is it crazy busy all the time? Is it like constant incessant noise? Like, or is there more of a peace? Is there a calm? Is there a clarity? Is there a strength, right, that you're carrying around? And, you know, this is really the work. The work that I do in my own life, um, my husband and I are deeply committed to shifting the atmosphere inside our home, our marriage, always making sure that what is the state that we're normalizing and holding because what we hold, everything around us, around us responds to, right? We're always responding to our environment. Our environment is a huge trigger. People are absorbing the energy, the atmosphere in the room, the presence of the person that we are with. And somebody is always, we're always influencing each other at some capacity. 
And those that are able to hold their state without going into peaks and valleys and being so reactive to everything in the room, those are the ones who will influence and affect the room the greatest, the state that's kind of like the most potent, right? And it doesn't always have to mean boisterous and loud and speaking up, but it can literally just be that potency of that presence that is consistent, that is grounded, right? And again, for some people, the familiar home is just like tension. There's just tension in the house, right? Um, The minute that you know, somebody walks in the door, maybe it's the husband, maybe it's the wife, maybe it's just the dynamic of the family. It's just chaotic and tense. And there's this like tension in the ear. And there's this frenzy, frantic energy. I asked one of my clients this the other day, you know, like, what has the atmosphere been in your home? And I asked that to three people that same day. And consistently again. So I want to break this down. I want to pull us back because first level of awareness, that conscious shift to be able to see different is that I am not my environment. We become products of it. And at any time, at any moment, we can begin to shift the atmosphere, the state that we're in, but it requires conscious awareness, that pause in the moment to say, whoa, here's what's happening. Here's what's running through my system. This is the emotional home, the familiar place. I just keep running back to, it's kind of like driving down the same pathway, you know, like you drive the same way home, you drive the same way to the gym, like you, you have these like subconscious patterns and pathways that you're always traveling down. You're not thinking about it, right? You just kind of like come back to the familiar home and you kick it and then it's like, yeah, this is what we do here. This is how we talk to each other, right? It's mindless. So it requires a conscious like wake up, you know, like, oh, okay, wait a second. I'm aware of what's happening here. I can notice. And here's the trick here is not complaining, grumbling, being angry about it in the moment, but just noticing, becoming an observer. Like, what is in this room? What am I feeling right now? What does this like home base feel like to me, right? What's going on in my head? What's going on in my body? And um, just being more inquisitive and curious and observing, becoming the observer of the atmosphere, of your state. This is the first step to any change is awareness. You guys have heard me say this on the podcast so many times. The second step is making the shift, the micro shift, right? That alignment, that that micro alignment that says, you know what, I'm going to interrupt the familiar pattern. And it's so subtle. These things are so subtle. And I think this is where we get tripped up is that when we are feeling overwhelmed, because it literally does feel like a mountain that we're facing, a huge wall that we have to climb. We think that it's going to require a huge amount of our effort to scale the wall, to break through it, to change the dynamic of our marriage, right? It it just feels like a mountain. So we automatically assume that it's going to be just like way too much, way overwhelming to try to move it or handle it. So because we're exhausted, we keep repeating the same thing, right? We, We have this belief, this limiting belief that, you know, it's going to be a lot. And I'm going to invite you to like, what if that wasn't true? What if you actually believed that with the faith of a mustard seed, just like that, one subtle shift can shift the entire atmosphere. One one subtle redirect of a framing of thinking will provide all new solutions. Like what if it actually gets to be a really simple, subtle micro realignment that begins to be the first domino that changes everything and you don't actually have to be the one that's knocking over every domino making everything happen anymore but you can be the one who is clear about the one domino the one pattern interruption the one you know 
um, micro shift that gets to happen and you let the atmosphere, you let God, you let, you know, universal intelligence, like you let all of the other dominoes get, you know, knocked over, handled because you were the one who stopped, who said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to knock this first one, but it's not going to be in the same way that I've always done it in the past mindlessly. Like, Oh, I'll just deal with this this way. Right. I'll just respond or react to this thing, or I'll just shut down or I'll just rush through this. Like pay attention. What is a familiar home? What is your familiar way of reacting? The first domino, when you get a text, when you get an email, when you have your partner not responding the way you want to, when your schedule's overloaded, like what is the familiar reaction, right? This is what we want to create awareness around. And this is what we want to begin to really, you know, um, break or interrupt. I don't even want to say interrupt, right? So, I want to I want to give you some thoughts around this because obviously overwhelm is always a result of being overcommitted, overscheduled, um overpromising, like overly wanting to fix, to solve, to save, to show up. And obviously we have a lot of evidence that's like, look, Christine, I I am the only one. Overwhelm is always a lack of overcommitted and over familiar with one state, right? Over familiar. I don't even know if that's a word, but being overly conditioned to to one state, right? So the first step is, and I did another episode on this. I'll link it in the show notes before, but I believe like overwhelm is always a lack of clarity and clarity on what matters most, you know, clarity on what are we doing right now? What is the, the thing at hand? Like, what what is the purpose of what we're doing, right? What gets to go? But in order to get to that place and start to have that clarity so we can execute in a different way and begin to, you know, embrace a different state, I want to reframe a couple things for you that have really come up. And the first thing is redefining, redefining what responsibility means to you. See, a lot of the times that we are moving forward, we have these old definitions, these old ideas and meanings that we have given to certain words. And they meant something. Maybe your parents told you what it meant to be responsible. Maybe your church did. Maybe it was through school, academics, through sports. It doesn't matter. But somewhere along the way, someone implanted the idea, the program, the seeds that this is what it means to be a leader. This is what it means to be successful. This is what it means to be responsible. And I want to really tap into the responsibility one, the responsible ones, because if you're a leader, you are responsible for and to a lot of things, right? And with that comes this incredible load. And I I totally feel that in the work I do. I mean, we're talking about broken marriages potentially coming back together. We're navigating high conflict divorces in a way that we can save like millions of dollars and and really the um the casualties that happen when our kids get caught up in marriages that are loveless there's strife in the home divorces that go sideways so i feel a great burden and a great weight 
of responsibility in the work that I'm doing. You know, when clients come to me and we're talking about redirecting the way that they're leading inside their home, their business, and there's a lot of responsibility to changing up executive teams and what happens, you know, financially in the business and the ripple effect of everyone that is. So I do not take this lightly. It's, and I get it, you know, when we're, we're doing work, there's a, and the more you're responsible for, and the more you're responsible to, the weight seems to increase the burden does. But a lot of us have gotten this old idea or this distortion, and I certainly did, that responsible responsibility meant like you're the one, right? I have to do it. Like, you got to make it happen. You got to be the one. To be responsible means you get up, you work your, you work your butt off all day, <laughs> you know? Um, there, there's no rest for the weary kind of thing, right? Like I'm the responsible one. I'm the one that leads first. I'm the one that steps up and says yes when everyone else doesn't. Like you feel the need to jump in and solve the problem right away when people are sitting around a boardroom table brainstorming. You're the first one that has to come up with the solution. And while that's a great quality, be mindful again of the pressure and the anxiousness that arises, that's like, oh, I have to be the one to fix this problem. I have to be the one versus being the one that can sit back and create an atmosphere that allows others to source from within, to innovate, to create, to, you know, um, have um, collaborative conversations, right? To spur other people on so that they begin to find the answers within themselves to lead differently, right? Instead of like, I'm the source of all the answers all the time. And obviously there's a lot of ego in that. There's a lot of pride. It feels good, right? It feels good to be wanted. It feels good to be needed. It feels good to be the one that always has the right answers. And yet it's exhausting to be the source for everyone. So what is your definition of responsibility? And this is when I, I continue to work on more and more, you know, and with that, it's like the, when we actually break down that word, it's the ability to respond, right? Responsibility. Am I able to respond or am I just reacting, jumping? Like I'm getting poked with a cattle prod every time my kids text me and they're freaking out about something. Maybe like their friends did something or they didn't make the team or whatever, you know, your partner is texting you something or you get that email dropping in your inbox and there's a demanding customer like demanding that you get on the phone and you fix something because your staff dropped the ball or and it's like are you literally like that cattle getting prodded all the time and you you're jumping and you're reacting and you're you know you're not responding you're reacting you're again a puppet and these puppet masters are sort of you know playing with you And I just, I'm putting that down there because once you get this and you realize like how much of my day is reactionary, reacting rather than responding, right? So what is your ability like right now to respond, your conscious awareness of responding versus reacting? What is your capacity? This is a big one. What is my capacity to be able to respond, right? Do you have the capacity, the bandwidth to think, to process, to hold, you know, an emotional trigger or a difficult situation or whatever without needing to jump in immediately? Can you just allow it to sit, right? 
and allow yourself the space for the right answer, the solution to come to you instead of you forging forward and needing to like, you know, barge in and telling everybody how it's going to be and when it's going to be and everything, right? Like that bull in a china closet. But what is your capacity like to respond? And this is a big one. I think when we are, you know, in marriages, especially, and we are feeling alone, isolated, we keep arguing about the same thing, like we're hitting heads, like, you know, horns with our partner. And it's like, we are in a gridlock, we're just not getting anywhere. And obviously, we just keep reacting and reacting and reacting and butting heads and until eventually we become disheartened and we stop engaging and we're not responding in a loving way. We're not responding in an authentic way. We maybe don't respond at all. We just like pull back completely and sort of give up, right? Or maybe we're still just super reactive and paper cutting the relationship and making little sarcastic digs and comments and you know, seeing who can get the last word in. But can you respond? Do you have the capacity to respond from the place that you want to, you know, the relationship to go, the loving place, the graceful place, the understanding place, right? And, and a lot of us, I mean, you know, this takes, the, the work is the pause, right? The mountain that we think is going to be so huge is the ability to slow down. So what is your capacity to respond? And here's another one, like, what is your desire to respond versus react, right? When we're caught in a lot of old, everything has traumatic loops and and roots, right? But when we're caught in these old familiar patterns, and especially, you know, anything, like a simple example is at work, you know, jumping in, solving client issues, jumping in, solving problems that, you know, we've hired people, good paid people good money to be able to do when we're jumping in and, you know, saving our kids, <laughs> I have a 21 year old, 19, 17 year old. And, you know, they call sometimes, oh, mom, you know, like, I need to get in for this apartment or there's financial stuff or whatever. And it's like that, that, uh, you know, wanting to get in there. But and and do you have a desire to just fix it so you don't have to deal with the emotion of like seeing your kids kind of wrestle or struggle? Or is your desire to pause and respond in the most, you know, powerful way for them to be able to move forward to get what they need within themselves right so what's your desire like to even respond um to the situations at hand versus reactionary just fixing and you know again I I bring back the kids I bring back the marriages I bring back the team situations because I think that a lot of us have lost our desire after many many years of just being in a a state and emotional home that's familiar. There are lots of evidence stacking that no matter what we do, nothing seems to work. And like, we just do it because it's easier. We just fix it or we ignore it. And we're disheartened, right? We're hardened in our hearts or maybe even just kind of giving up and then we're disheartened. So, um, but once you ignite that desire again, like what, and, and again, it comes back to that clarity of like, what do you really want, long for, for your kids, for your marriage, for your team, for your people? What do you really long for your clients? Like, what are the things that matters most? We begin to ignite that flame of desire, of longing um, that, that is, excites you again, inspires you again to re-enter and show up responsibly to the situation for, for the people, whatever. Um, completely different than you were in the past.
And the last thing here is like when it comes to responsibility, like what are you convicted to respond to versus feeling obligated to, guilty about, or just triggered to respond to, right? Because again, whether it's useless debates, refereeing our kids or stuff, um, snarky comments from your sister-in-law or mother-in-law, like there's a conviction that's very different than like, oh, I have to do this because if I don't, she's going to do this or they're going to say this about us. They're going to have, you know, a lot of family drama happens this way. Couples like feeling like they're responding out of obligation versus conviction or desire that says, you know what? I, I'm really feeling like I, I must respond to you on this from a place of love, from a place of understanding, or we, I get to have this conversation for, I'm going to hold us both responsible for being honest about what's coming up in our marriage. I'm going to hold us both responsible or all of us responsible for how we're showing up at work, right? Um, navigating challenges, like whatever it is, like there's a conviction <clears throat> to respond differently that's very different than a initiator of guilt, of obligation. That's like, oh, I have to or else, you know, I'm going to feel the wrath of my husband or my wife or the shit show that's going to ensue or whatever. So just tuning into like, what is your definition of responsibility in this season of life? It doesn't matter what it, maybe, you know, going backwards and going, what was it in the past? Is that still working for you? Is it time to upgrade your definition of responsibility first and foremost? And what with that, it's like, what do you want to be serving in this season of life, right? Because ultimately, we're always in service to something else. If you're a leader, you have a servant heart, probably, right? Like, there's a deep desire for you to serve others and to lead others and to be there for others. And again, there's these distortions that happen in what it means to serve others. But what are you really here? Who are you really here to serve right now at this stage of the game? And what does that look like? And who are you here to serve, right? Are you going to be a puppet to all of the drama, all of the chaos, all of the old, you know, um, overscheduled, over whatever ways of living that most people are running around wanting to be busy, trying to please everybody, trying to fit everything in their schedule? Or are you going to be someone that is going to get more and more precise, about what matters most and what you're responsible for and getting really serious about that, but also having fun in the process. Like we can have a huge load of responsibility, be leading powerfully. And like, what if it also gets to be really rewarding and really rich and really energizing? Because again, I think we get so serious, so much seriousness, and I'm going to be the first one to raise my hands on this, that we get so serious about like, oh my gosh, I've been called on this mission. You know, I've been called to be the one to lead the people or to to launch this program or do this. And we get so serious, you know, in our desire to do it well, to not mess it up, to make sure that it's excellent. We get a, We get so serious in our standard of excellence that we forget, we lose the joy in the process. We lose the fun. We forget that like, wow, what if it gets to be super fun? And this was one of my big takeaways coming back from uh, Costa Rica after I was there for 10 days with some amazing leaders who have incredibly successful, wildly successful, multiple businesses and are creating this amazing project on 600 acres of land on top of the other businesses that they run. And, you know, 
I asked them that question, I probably said it in the last episode, is like, does it get more complex for you as you continue to bring on more companies and build more teams and have more moving parts? And they both said, you know, and they're a couple and I love what they stand for, is like it actually gets simpler and simpler and we're having more and more fun with it. And obviously they're consciously opting in and consciously creating the fact that like, no, this gets to be, you really can have everything you desire and it can really be fun and it can be um, super simple process, but we get really laser clear and laser focused on what matters most and creating the scaffolding and the structure to support you. And that means like letting go of all of the old ways that we've been taught, all of the complexities that we lay around. The mind loves complexity, right? Um, And there's so much input from the external that we get to get super clear on like who we're listening to. And the first one is really trusting, trusting, trusting your own inner knowing, your own inner North Star, like what God is whispering to you, what God is leading you, what God has put in you, what God is asking you to move on and checking that. Because here's another thing, and I'm sounds like I'm jumping off, but I'm I'm bringing in the spiritual for a moment. Is that if it's God, it's never complicated. God does not speak through complexity. God speaks through simplicity. There are complex things happening behind the scenes. There's multiple dimensions. There's all kinds of things happening that you can't see below the ground in the atmosphere. But really, God is really simple and clear. Does not create more confusion. Creates more clarity. So whenever I start feeling overwhelmed, I'm like, okay, where am I overcomplicating things? Where am I adding layers of complexity that are unnecessary, right? What is creating more confusion rather than more clarity? What is creating more heaviness and density rather than more peace? Because I know that the spirit, the, you know, always speaks through clarity, always speaks through simplicity, and always is going to move me into a place that is more expansive even though it's not always the easy path, right? And usually it's the path that makes the least amount of sense because your brain's been told and programmed for so long that no, it has to look like this and you have to include all of these bells and whistles and you're the only one that can do it. And we get all wrapped up in the fuckery of it. So God speaks through simplicity. God speaks through clarity. And it's light. Like the other piece of this is that it's lighter. When Jesus said, like, my my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Not only physically light, we feel lighter in our bodies when we're moving down the right path, the right path that God has created for us. You know, I really believe that God has parted the ways for us already as leaders, as husbands, as wives, as men and women. And as when we're walking in the righteous, the right path, and we are in alignment, it feels light. We feel light in our body. We don't feel heavy and dense. So that's another, you know, separator. And light always amplifies more light, right? When we're moving in the right path and we're moving in alignment with God, with the light of God, you know, and the, the, the yoke is easy and the burden is light, light amplifies the light in others. And I want to really bring this home is that so often we get caught up in these situations in our marriages with our kids we're counseling our children and there's like bickering and there's gossiping and there's there's this you know dark veil that kind of comes over that feels very oppressive and we're putting other people down or you're hearing complaints and grumbling and i think this is so powerful why god says you know no complaining if you hold anything against your neighbor go clean it up 
right? Resolve it. Don't harbor the resentment because it just creates this dark veil of heaviness over you. We're called to lead powerfully, to lead powerful conversations, the conversations that get to be had, right? That we get to clear the clutter. We get to remove the clutter. And this is why this is one of the essential steps in the process of initiation that I walk people through is going through and scanning anywhere and everywhere that you are holding, harboring resentment, anger, frustration, unforgiveness. And we go in and we clean that up physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. That is part of the initiation process is to empty yourself of all of that garbage, to clear yourself up, to lighten the load so that you can actually receive the clarity on the next step, right? You can receive what what is meant for you that you can't receive when you are walled up, closed out, heavy, dense, dark, all of it, okay? Light always amplifies light, right? You know it's not light if it's getting darker and heavier and more oppressive. You have stepped out of the right path. So let's come back. So the last two things I wanna leave you with is you know, re, kind of getting really clear on what are you responsible, who and what are you responsible to and what are you responsible for? Who am I responsible to in this season? And what am I responsible for? I was speaking with one of my clients and, you know, their business has been scaling and growing and it's going really fast and there's a lot of things. But as always, the leaders, we're the ones that bottleneck, right? We bottleneck because we're so used to doing things. We're afraid to let go. We're afraid to release control. We're afraid to pass things on. We don't trust that it's going to get handled right. We haven't created the systems and structure in place to support the, the new flow, the abundance, right? And so things get messed up and things fall between the cracks. And so we're bottlenecking our teams because everybody's waiting on us, right? Or we keep meddling. We delegate things and then we meddle. We open our calendars up and we say, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. And we start piling it back in. And, and all of a sudden, it's like we block the flow. And as I was talking to this person the other day, I was like, you know, in this season, after we had clarity, I'm like, what is he creating in the business? What does it get to look like in 2023? What are the successes? You know, what he realized was what he was responsible to and what he was responsible for was totally backwards from what he was doing, right? What he was doing was totally backwards from what he should be doing. And, you know, what he was realized is, you know, I'm responsible right now um, to my team to my team, not my clients. I'm responsible to the people underneath me, not underneath me, but the ones that I'm leading, that I'm serving to really create an environment for them to thrive, to have autonomy, to have the right tools, the resources that they need. I'm responsible to mentor them, right? I'm responsible to my people. So what are you responsible for, right? Building the right processes, getting out of the way, releasing control, clarifying communications, having better equipping, more, you know, team-facing meetings instead of client-facing meetings and really trusting. I'm responsible to trust, right, to them. And I'm responsible for trusting, to building the trust, to clarifying the communication instead of, oh, shit, I'm responsible to the clients and I got to make sure the clients are happy and I'm going to make sure that nothing's getting messed up. And so responsible for all the wrong things. And we can apply this to anything where it comes, you know, as I think about my kids getting older, you know, and I used to be like, oh, I'm responsible, you know, so many of us are like, I'm responsible for what other people think about me as a parent or what my parents think about me as a parent. Or I'm responsible to make sure my kids don't screw up or I'm responsible to make sure they stay in school and get A's. And, 
And then we start becoming responsible for their homework and for their achievements and for, you know, how they feel about everything. And we're responsible to and for the wrong things. So as I think about, you know, what am I responsible? Who am I responsible to? I'm responsible to, to my children as a mother, for sure. I'm responsible to lead them, to guide them, to, to carve the path and show them what's possible. So what am I responsible for, right? Holding space for them as they navigate challenges, right? Um, creating an atmosphere that's safe where they feel accepted and they can talk about and they can wrestle. And I'm, I'm responsible for, for sharing my own stories and my own pathways and also for letting them find their own way, right? And again, like we decide how much are we going to meddle? How much are we going to pull back? Like that's part of that discernment of knowing when to go in, when to help, when to not, when to give a hand up or a hand out. Like that's all so unique to every single one of us. But I really want to leave you with that thought of, again, what have I defined responsibility as up until this point? And these can be really quick. What are you responsible to and four, what are you being called to be responsible to? What work? What people? What mission? And if that's true, then what are you responsible for in the season? And let's get rid of these old ideas around what it means to be a responsible human being and a great leader that may be outdated, that is no longer working, that's no longer spacious and simple and clean and light and scalable. That's a big one. It's not scalable. I can't hold more and more and more if I keep operating from that leadership identity. And really getting clear on what you're responsible for and to in this season of life. So I want to leave you guys with that. To whom much is given, much is required. That is true. We're always expanding. We're always training ourselves to be able to hold more, um, to allow, allow God to use us for more, to allow God to do more in us and through us. But we are not the source, right? We are vessels. We are channels. We are conduits. And the more grounded we are on this earth, the more grounded we are in our bodies and we have the strength and we have the stamina and we have trained this vessel to be solid and strong and grounded and present where we are, where our feet are. And we are like a conduit, like a lightning rod as these amazing ideas, amazing opportunities come in, right? Things come through our field. We can stay grounded and we can process and we can release back out into the world from a very powerful place. If you're not grounded, right? If you're always all over the place, you're in the past, you're in the future, you're thinking about a million other things, you're not grounded. You can't allow God to work in you and through you. You're just getting tossed around like a wave in the wind, right? To whom much is given, much is required. What are your practices for really anchoring and grounding yourself? What are your practices for connecting to the greater vision, to God, to what's coming in through you, to getting clear on what matters most? And again, these sound like, oh my gosh, it's so much work, but it's not. Like This is like go for a walk and just breathe. Don't fill your head with more garbage right? And just ask yourself, ask your soul, ask your heart, ask God these questions and, you know, they will rise to the surface. I want to again remind you as I leave today that anytime we feel heavy, we feel burdened, I gave you some great tools, some great questions. Um, I'll drop them maybe in a PDF. I'll do a quick opt-in for you guys. Follow the link below. Questions to ask yourself when you're feeling overwhelmed, anxious, exhausted. You can download that. But, um, 
Remember, whenever you feel overwhelmed, that you have already been given the pathway of clarity. Right? And Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. We should not be feeling like slaves with that yoke over our shoulders, completely weighed down with the responsibility of the world and the calling. The calling is beautiful. The burden is light. That means we stand tall with our shoulders relaxed, heart open, strong back. The yoke, right? Is light. The yoke is easy. It's easy to move forward. It's easy to lead. It's easy. It's simple. Like, again, we get to redefine what easy, but it doesn't have to be so complicated and serious and heavy. And the burden is light. If it's not light, let me tune in. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being part of this conversation. I trust that this landed for you, that this pierced your heart, spoke to you, and stirred things already, and your subconscious mind is getting to work already on integrating the new. Awareness number one, integration the second. And as I leave you guys, thank you for being here. If this resonated with you, please leave a five-star review on iTunes, Spotify. I'd love to hear from you guys. You can connect with me at the Christine Jewel on Instagram. Last but not least, we are... This is February at the time that this rolls out. We are relaunching our Warriors of the Heart community. Our membership community is a monthly community for men and women who are really committed to deepening their spiritual walk, healing their relationships, building thriving relationships on a solid foundation. You guys can click on the link to learn more. It's a great place to start in the coaching pathway. And I do take three uh, VIP clients per quarter in a one-on-one capacity to work very intimately um, as an individual or as a couple. So if this is something that you want to dive deeper into the work, you can follow the links below to learn more about the initiation, the words of the heart community, um, and working with me privately. So thank you for being here. Until next time, here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously. Bye for now. Thanks again for joining me in today's episode. It is my intention to bring you valuable heart-shifting content every time that will upgrade your life. If you're a new listener, make sure you follow the podcast so you can stay up to date as future episodes roll out. And I invite you to head on over and join my free community, Warriors of the Heart on Facebook. In there, you'll find bonus trainings, a game-changing assessment tool, and exclusive member-only offers. Until next time, Warriors, here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously in the untamed life, the only life worth living.